if we're reaching out to set up an interview with you, remember you were chosen. Whatever your application said, whatever conversation you had with a recruiter, we chose to take our time to speak with you too. So be confident that the manager wants to fill their position. They hope you're that person. Do what you can to show that you can be that person. You want to be confident that you deserve to be in the room. Welcome to Security Cleared Jobs, Who's Hiring and How, the podcast for cleared professionals looking for new opportunities and career advice. We go behind the scenes with recruiters and hiring managers from leading cleared employers to uncover the information you need to make a smart career move. Get ready for insights from this week's guest and your hosts, Kathleen Smith and Rachel Bozeman. Hey everyone, happy Valentine's. It's Ashley hosting again. And before we get started, I'm just going to ask you to share the love with us. Go ahead and write us a review and we'd love to read up to you on the show, our little love note back to you. But as usual, I'm not alone in the booth today. I've got my co-host and force of nature, Rachel. Hey, Ashley, I have been called an awful lot of things. Not sure if force of nature is one, but let's do this thing. I could not be more pumped that we have the one, the only Mike Barnum back with us. Yes, friends, he's a repeat, but in the best way possible. An oldie but a goodie like show three. Mike, we are so excited to have you back here. Glad to be back, Rachel. Thank you very much. You are most welcome. And you know where we like to start, Mike. You knew it was coming. How in the heck did you get in this crazy world of recruiting? What got you here? I think everyone's favorite term in recruiting is is that they fell into recruiting. Because, you know, you don't see college degrees in recruiting. You you see a mixed background of people. Um, I knew I wanted to work with people. And out of college, I went from Chicago to Texas for agency recruiting. And I learned a lot. Agency recruiters work their tails off because the bottom line is is if you don't fill your spots, you don't get paid. And after a while, that just got a, a little old to me. I had supported a lot of customers. That's another cool thing about agency is you work with hundreds of businesses. One of those businesses was Raytheon. I had a contractor working for Raytheon and I had a really good rapport, really good relationship with this guy. And then he started telling me he couldn't answer my questions. I was like, what are you doing in there? He's like, I can't tell you that because he got a clearance. And it was a super cool factor. So I did work at another place before making a move to Raytheon, but eventually getting into Raytheon, I've just been like a fanboy of everything we do because it's such a cool environment to be around. I always knew I wanted to work with people. And the more I talked to the folks at Raytheon, everyone felt like there was a clear mission on what they were coming to work for. You know, we're not here to, to push product to get an iPhone in everybody's hand in America or anything like that. Like our, our mission is to get the newest and greatest tech out to our men and women in the service to protect us and our allies. And it's really cool to be part of a mission like that. And I get to talk to managers who say, I can't answer that. Or I can't ask that. Or I'll talk later about some of the programs that we're into, but like I hear about lasers and there's a over the horizon communication and radar. Like it's just cool to be around and a little geeked out about it sometimes. As you should. That's really cool. Well, and I think I remember actually last time you had even mentioned you were hoping that someone somewhere at Raytheon was maybe even working on lightsabers too. Mm-hmm. So we love to hear from you. We love the enthusiasm. Uh, but we're especially glad that you're here again because we know Raytheon has gone through a couple big changes in the last couple of years, including a name change. So do you want to piece all that together for our listeners? 
Yeah, absolutely. So what was called Raytheon is still, you know, I still support our Raytheon business. Um, we're part of a larger company called Raytheon Technologies, an RTX company. So our sister companies being Collins Aerospace and, and Pratt and & Whitney. So we have been through nothing but change the last three years. But if you look throughout the history, that's what a lot of this industry is, is working together, collaborating. There's mergers and acquisitions, divestitures for lots of different reasons. Um, but the main goal of, of the change was so that we could leverage each other's technology. Most of Collins and Pratt and & Whitney are going to be commercially based, so their target is different, but what they're trying to accomplish could be used in different ways. And likewise, if we have a patent that they can use for the betterment of their products and their engines and stuff like that, then it really only creates opportunity. And that's really the goal of it. So yeah, we're a huge company now. When I joined Raytheon, our talent acquisition team was 30, 35 people, and we're 200 plus now supporting just our Raytheon business. That doesn't include uh, the Collins and the Pratt and Whitney. I love it. Y'all are, you're huge. You're big. You're massive. You're insert all of the words that mean incredibly large, but you are a very large company and you're constantly hiring, always looking for great talent to join the organization. So when you kind of look across that whole scope of all of the folks that you're hiring, what would you say your biggest cleared hiring need is? And then what are those skill sets that really align with those needs that you have? We have a lot of really cool new advanced manufacturing going on. And that's a skill set that's new. So anybody in the advanced manufacturing skill set who has a clearance, we're building new sites, we're programming new sites, we're building new ways to build things, right? We have a new center in McKinney, Texas that was a couple hundred million dollars and it's super cool. I literally like, I think of like Skynet. I think of like just it's all white lab. Everything is tracked through RF readers. It's extremely cool. As far as like skill sets though, but anyone, advanced manufacturing engineers, cybersecurity professionals, systems engineers, and software engineers. Those are the ones like, you know, I send out a little rope, somebody give me a bite. I kept getting those back. So there's a lot of subgenres of software engineers and systems engineers. So it's okay if you're a different flavor of one of those. If you have a clearance and you're passionate about what we do, there's probability that we have a fit sooner rather than later. So I'm going to dazzle you for a second here with some other words that mean large, like mammoth, vast, cosmic, you know, wide range, all of those things, large scale. Yeah, I might have I might have had a phone to friend on that. Um, but when you look at all of those words, that really does kind of anchor into the amount of hiring. So so that you can razzle and dazzle all of the listeners. Tell us just kind of how many are you hiring? What do those needs look like? So with all the change that we're going through, we're still kind of working through what that's going to look like because we're going through some changes to see how we can be most efficient to deliver on our commitments to our customers. And what that means in normal speak is, is we're figuring it out, right? Um, we have won a lot of contracts. We have a lot of stuff that's being worked. We have this number is huge, so I feel like I had to double check myself, but $180 billion backlog of work that needs to be completed. Um, we recently won a contract for our Stormbreaker Smart Weapons, which is air to surface. We've got a bunch of Patriot-related contracts that are going on, which is surface to air. Um, we've got an over-the-horizon radar, which is missile detection, which, again, this is like the stuff I'm geeking out about. One, I love the names, and two, it's just super cool. Um, we have uh, a radar called the Silent Night. That's a low altitude navigation radar. And then 
you know, we've been working on hypersonics for 15 to 20 years. So things going at hypersonic speed, whether it be in defense of that or things going hypersonic speed, those are the types of things we're working on. So if you think about that, none of that is like a one stop. We got it. We made it. Goodbye. There's a lot of work that's going to be going into improving on that. And the way we work is, is that if we've done it, we're already thinking five to 10 years into the future. And that's the stuff that I'm not on that cool list to see. Awesome. Well, Rachel, I mean, you definitely made it clear. Raytheon's a big company. So that does lead into our next question. What do you say to a candidate that is maybe afraid about that size of the company? You know, they're afraid that they don't want to be just a number or maybe their voice won't be heard. What's it look like there? Yeah. Well, and it's something that even I have to grapple with, right? Like I I never want to be a number. I just, it's not how I'm going to fit. Like if I feel like I'm a number, that's the, that's the day I can be a number somewhere else. So the first thing I would say is, is that fears are always valid when you think about that. Logically, we are a 200,000 person company. There's no like mix or match about that. So there's fears about that, but you've got to focus on what you can control. You've also got to focus on where you can make an, make an impact and you can make an impact on your specific team. So like if your goal is to come in here and be CEO and light the entire enterprise on fire, you're going to be let down. But if it's to make an impact on the individuals you support, your team, your program, your customer, you absolutely can. So when you talk to a veteran who's using some of our technology and says, I didn't have to go out today because I had technology that kept me safe. I mean, you want to talk about an impact. It doesn't matter if that company's two people or 200,000 or 200 million. Like you feel humbled by being able to, to put your effort in. So there's also perks to being at a bigger company too. We have teams that are there to manage talent. We have multiple different talent programs. We have an employee scholarship program, which if you're going after a new degree or a certification, you get up to 25 grand a year. Yes, it has to be on an approved list. It has to be tangible to your job. But even if you have no degree, it'll help you get one. If you have a degree and you want to get a graduate degree or a PhD or a certification, you can go out and get those and it's paid for. And then we also have this uh, program called Talent Match. You put in what you're looking for, what you're open to internally and weekly, monthly, whatever it may be, quarterly, it'll send you jobs that match what you were looking for. You know, a company our size, we are are always hiring. You can take laterals or promotions to different places, to different skill sets. Um, So there are perks to being part of that. And if you focus on the opportunity that a bigger company hands out, then you're going to utilize it that way and your actions are going to reflect that. Well, Mike, I know you've talked about missiles. You've talked about the silent night. I want to know more, but if you can tell me and you have to kill me, you don't have to tell me. Um, But, you know, all of those amazing, cool things. But something I want to talk about is a boomerang. I know. How did we get here? But it's not just the boomerang that you throw in the backyard, but those boomerang candidates, right? They come in, they do a little bit of work, they leave, and then they want to come back again, potentially. So how does someone boomerang really well at Raytheon? Uh, I'm not going to say it's always encouraged because managers hate to lose good, good talent. Sometimes people got to take that chance, see what it's like. But it's also not a negative if you go somewhere, a smaller company, a bigger company, a commercial company, a different industry, get experience and bring that back. Um, The biggest thing that a piece of advice I would give for anyone looking to Boomerang, to Raytheon or any company really, is it starts with how you left. You know, if, if you think you're walking out 
and you're going to live a rock star lifestyle and you leave a bad taste in everyone's mouth. That's kind of showing your true colors. So if you leave politely, courteously, make sure you you let people know I'd be interested in working with you again in the future, whether that's leaders, co-workers, anything of the sort. It starts with how, how you leave. And when you come back, everyone, we treat every candidate the same internally, externally. So don't just apply and think you automatically get that golden ticket back. Reach out to your former managers, reach out to, to coworkers, see what they've got going on. You know, if we have a, if we have a known commodity that we know is good, that's just exactly what you are. It's a known commodity. We know you're going to perform if you've done it before. So it never hurts when a recruiter is told, Hey, take a look, this person worked for me before, or they get into our referral system, which has been completely revamped. We have an app for it. You can track your referrals process. Anybody can make a referral. and rehires are eligible for that. But there there are a lot of, you know, ways that you can start talking to managers and start reopening those bridges before it even starts. Again, we handle recs compliantly, fairly so that every, everyone has an equal opportunity, but if you have good relationships, let them know that you're interested again and we'll have the conversation best we can. Mhm. Well, and whether they're a boomerang employee or, you know, a new candidate that's interested in possibly coming into the company for the first time, it sounds like since you are a big company, there's a lot of opportunities. So how many jobs should one person apply to at the same company? Is there too many, a, a perfect number? This question and how long should my resume be are my two like favorite questions because I think they're so silly when people give different answers. And I know everyone's opinion is different. We at any point probably have 50 to 100 material program managers open at just Raytheon. Are they all going to be the same level? No. Does that mean some people aren't qualified for multiple levels? I'm all for somebody applying to as many jobs as they feel they are qualified for. Now, the caveat about that is, is that one, in our system, Workday, yes, we can see how many you apply to. And some recruiters, if we see that you applied to 70 roles, we're going to click. And sometimes we see them applying to 70 of the same roles. That's okay. You're going after it. That's like having multiple horses in the race. It's when we see someone apply to like a janitor and a director and a supply chain specialist and a software engineer. It's like, I don't know what you want to do. And then you look at the resume and it's like, you clearly have no business applying for a software engineer. So it creates a bias perhaps that you're not really serious about looking for a job. Be targeted. Be smart about it. Ask recruiters for feedback. We get 100 applicants per job. We do not reach out to every single one. We review them in order. You know, At the, at the end of the day, we're going to fill these recs. So if you apply to one and put all of your eggs in one basket and say, that's the one. I'm the best fit for that one, but you didn't realize it was posted 30 days ago. We're already in interviews. You don't know how many you just missed because we just had moved on. So we've talked about resumes. We've talked about how to apply, how to boomerang well. I feel like that could be a TikTok. Let's boomerang well. But something else I want to talk about is pay transparency. Everyone's talking about it. You know, they want to understand a little bit better. And I understand that, you know, Raytheon has implemented some new stuff. So how is this playing out with conversations when you're talking to cleared candidates about that pay transparency? This is another topic I love. In certain states, we've had to been doing it longer. Raytheon's made the choice to just move forward with pay transparency. That's the way it's going. That's the way it's going to be. And quite frankly, every recruiting conversation will be better when that's out of the way because nothing kills that type of deal as much as 
I need more. We didn't talk about money or I, this isn't what we discussed or I changed what I think. So every recruiter should be having the money conversation up front anyways. And I know it always starts with who's going to throw that number out first. I urge my recruiters to throw it out first. You know, no, no can't job seeker wants to like sell themselves short. They want to get everything they can. But when we post our jobs for salaries are a hundred K wide, no one gets paid the bottom. No one gets paid the top. And it's for a reason. We look at equity on the team. And like if, if we could pay you the top, you're one, maybe two levels above. Because we want to put people in places where they can grow in the role. We don't want to put people in a so high in a role that all of a sudden you're doing so good. We want to promote you, but we can't give you any money because if we promoted you, you'd be paid more than everyone who's already in the role. So we, we, we look at our own, we look at equity, we look at geographic location, we look at cost of labor. We take the candidates background in, we compare them to the team as well. We try to be as fair and competitive as we can. So I, I love breaking down that barrier and creating a much better conversation so that the, the candidate doesn't feel like, you know, the recruiter is holding a sack of money back. The best part of a recruiter's job is getting people good offers. You can always counter if you feel that it wasn't the appropriate offer, but we really try to put our best offer forward. So when it comes to pay transparency, I encourage candidates, one, once you see the salary range on a job description, ask what the ideal range is that we really want to pay. You could say, what does HR have budgeted for this? What does the manager want to pay? What do most people in this role pay? There's a lot of ways to ask that without saying, I'm not going to tell you a number. That's some great advice. And you definitely explained the salary component well, all the ins and outs. So next, what I would love is to hear a story from you, Mike. So we'd like to talk about maybe a favorite hiring story where someone really impressed you in the process. I get pinged on LinkedIn a lot and not everything turns into something successful. And this was just someone who was transitioning out in the cyber world. Honestly, her background and her resume, I I didn't think there was a great shot, but she was passionate, polite, you hoped the best. So I got her in the hands of our hiring team. And then before I knew it, because the, the Skillbridge program is separate from applying to a rec and getting hired for a full-time position. Literally, the next email I got from her was two weeks. And she's like, yeah, I'm filling out paperwork for Skillbridge. Thank you so much. And now she is, through our employee scholar program, getting her master's degree in cybersecurity just a year later. And I'm like, I love hearing stories like that because it doesn't always happen that way, but it's the best possible outcome that you could hope for. Like it worked, the system worked and you love to see it and it helped people. She just was confident and stoic and moved through the process and like pinged me, hey, I'm here, I'm at Raytheon, who can I refer? And I was like, that happened so fast. Like, that's so awesome. Like, I wish I would have gotten to celebrate with you. And then obviously after the Skillbridge program, they converted her to a full-time employee. So that was a win. Well, that did my recruiting heart good. Pretty amazing. But a word you used when you described that candidate was confident. And I think that is something that you're, I have a lot of good advice on. So there's, you know, such thing as being confident and then overly confident when it comes to the job search. So tell us kind of your opinion, your thoughts, your ideas, your suggestions, recommendations. I am like a, I'm like a thesaurus today. I don't know what's happening here, but you know, tell us a little bit more how a job seeker can be confident, but they don't want to be that guy. So I always bring up confidence when I'm talking about interviewing because I mean, it can be scary. 
it's not normal to sit there and feel like you're being grilled on who are you? Do we like you? Do you like us? What's going on? Like it can be an environment where you're all of a sudden you're sweating and you're like, uh, um, I did this. I know this, like you can get nervous. But what I would want job seekers to know is, is that if we're reaching out to set up an interview with you, remember you were chosen. Whatever your application said, whatever conversation you had with a recruiter, we chose to take our time to speak with you too. That opens the door to a conversation. The conversation there has got to be a two-way street. So be confident that the manager wants to fill their position. They hope you're that person. Do what you can to show that you can be that person. You do want to straddle that line. You, you want to be confident that you deserve to be in the room. You don't want to be arrogant, but it's important to realize that you're on the call for a reason to add value. We really want to hear from you. We really want to know from you. And I think a lot of that comes from practicing, which I know sounds silly. Taking notes, practice answering basic interview questions, practice asking questions. You should have a list of questions that you want to know. But at the at the end of the day, like be confident that you're supposed to be in the room. Awesome. Well, now that you've pumped us all up, I'm ready for one more interview tip. And I know before you've said that the best interviews are conversations. So tell us a little bit about that. So they are conversations. They've got to be two-way streets. And I put it in this frame of if you were on the team and a manager called you to ask you a question, he wouldn't hang up the phone if you didn't know the answer and never call you again. He'd call you back and expect you to figure it out. So there's got to be a conversation there If a manager asks you a question, it's okay to say, I don't know that, but this is how I would go about finding that out. This is the resources I would reach out to. This is the resource I hope would be available or that I can lean on or something I've done before to work through a problem. Remember that we're all human and humanize the conversation. And the biggest thing about interviewing that I would love to get across to everybody that nobody does enough is be prepared to ask for feedback on the spot. Be prepared to ask for the ability to follow up if there was anything that was unclear. You want to be mindful of a manager's time. If the interview is 45 minutes and you're at 40 minutes, I realize we're running short on time. I would love to make sure that everything I answered for you was clear. And if there's anything that I can follow up with via email or another phone call, I'd love to take the ability to make sure that I clarify what I am, what I can do, how I can answer that question, how I would solve that problem in any way, shape, or form. And as a candidate, set expectations. When can I hear back? But asking for feedback right then and there, it might be the last five minutes you ever talk to that person ever again. What do you have to lose? It could turn into like, well, I was a little worried about this. Are you, could you go in more depth on this? Draw the conversation out. And it might be a simple understanding like, oh, I, I misunderstood what you said there. So ask for feedback during the interview. Very cool. So how is Raytheon implementing SkillBridge for those transitioning veterans? And how can folks kind of best navigate that process? I like using SkillBridge. I like pushing it as best we can. The misconception with SkillBridge is is that they have to apply to a rec. We have a military team that knows the ins and outs of it. But if I get your information or my team gets their information... I always encourage them, share them with your managers. If this candidate looks like they could be at this level, shut that rec down and bring a, bring a SkillBridge intern in because we could train them. It's a great opportunity for us to bring the people that speak our language into it. It's an awesome opportunity to mold someone into what they need to be that maybe comes from a little bit of a different background 
but you will have the opportunity to teach them and coach them. And we do try to get them to the right level. Um, so communicating up front where you're at, what you're not, you know, if you're a full bred colonel, whatnot, we're not going to have you doing the minimal entry level type work, which we've had some military members go like, eh, I'll do whatever. I just kind of want a job. Like, no, we're going to utilize you the best we can. And as far as like timeline goes, I had somebody message me in December of 23 being like, I'm not available until December 24. I was like, we're not going to start looking yet. <laughs> it's a little early. I, t- I give them tips to start looking at jobs that you think would be interesting to you. If you had to apply to jobs now, which one would you start looking at those skills, start acquiring those, start tailing your resume. Um, But like I had one in December also reach out, say like, I'm available in March. I'm like, it's go time. I want as much leeway as I can. Paperwork from the federal government. Let's be honest. It takes a long time. Paperwork in the corporate world. It's nitty gritty, blah, blah, blah. If we can get that part taken care of so that you've got two or three months full with us, that's what we want to do. Well, Mike, if other people want to find that cool job at Raytheon, how can they get in touch with you and your team? There's a lot of ways. And every recruiter is different. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn because I like to learn about it. Anytime there's an event, if it's virtual, if it's in person, it never goes to shake a hand, make an introduction and learn. But as far as ways that I can tell you, I hear more ways not to interact with recruiters simply because we do get beat up on LinkedIn a lot. I can tell you that probably two or three times a day, I get a message on LinkedIn. Hi, Mike. I like Raytheon. I've attached my resume. Can you see if I'm a fit anywhere? If you do five seconds of research, we have thousands of jobs posted. A recruiter's day is busy and we want to help everybody, but you got to help us help you. Well, Mike, I have to say it was Absolutely a blast, a pleasure to see you again, to learn an awful lot more. Gosh darn it, thank you for coming and spending some time with Ashley and I today. Absolutely, anytime. I really, really enjoy this. I think we only talked about lightsabers once, so I'll get that plug in there <laughs> that if there's, if there's a company, maybe it's us. Fingers crossed. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. Take care, y'all. What a great conversation with Mike. You know, I love having him on the show. He has no shortage of information to share. And the interview piece really stood out to me because it is a two-way conversation. I love that he mentioned, you know, in the real world, if you're in that role and you don't know the answer to something, you're going to go find out the answer. So that was kind of a great way to humanize the interview piece. And he used that word. So if you don't know the answer, don't be scared. Talk through it. Tell them how you would maybe get to the right solution. It's not a big, scary test, or at least you don't have to consider it that way. So that was some great advice that I know made me feel more comfortable about potential interview situations that job seekers might face. What about you, Rachel? What did you think? You know, I have to agree with you, Ashley. I think Mike is just so full of so much great advice. But no, it's just really, really awesome. I A couple things just took the old recruiter in me and just made me so excited, especially talking about the honesty and transparency when it comes to pay. Um, how it's not a scary conversation, but it's being educated in how you approach it and being willing to be you know, vulnerable with that recruiter and have an honest conversation, knowing your worth. But I really appreciated his advice about asking the question, what is the position budgeted? Asking those questions and giving yourself permission to be part of the process. So it was awesome. It was great as always. And we thank you for spending time with us. 
that was another touchdown for listening all the way to the end of the show. So you get your six points and we're going to ask you for that final point. Make sure you go out there and follow. Tell your friends and listen to our next episode. Till next time. Bye-bye.